Hey everyone and welcome back to the It's Good to Talk podcast. Welcome back. So this week you may have noticed it is just me. Now sometimes this is going to happen. Either a guest is busy, has become ill or I haven't been able to get the guest that I wanted on and so sometimes it is just going to be me chatting to you. I hope that's okay with some of you um, but yes unfortunately I am the only face you're going to see or the only voice you're going to hear depending on how you are consuming this podcast. Um, but yes you will also notice if you're watching me that uh, one I haven't done my hair I know it's a bit of a mess um but also that I am in a very minimalistic kind of white background and not my normal office this is because I am traveling around a little bit this year um and this will have actually I say this year this will have been recorded last year um at Christmas time in the Netherlands so that is why there is a very plain background um I'm not in my office I am avoiding Christmas so um that is what's going on and also the coming year uh, there's potentially going to be backgrounds that you can see Jordan and Turkey and other places that I might hopefully be going to as well in my endeavors to do challenges for Brains Trust Charity so that is why the background is a little bit different now today I want to talk about something that depending on when this comes out you may have already seen me talk on this uh, in a small amount or it's about to come up on my uh, main YouTube channel for mental health. And that's the idea of executive dysfunction. So the biggest thing that a lot of us uh, hear all the time, if you suffer from mental health, is this idea that uh, you're just lazy. You know, you're told to do something and you haven't done it, therefore you're lazy. It's only been maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you know, you're lazy, you're not doing it. And when you say, I can't, I, I cannot physically make myself move, it's not possible, you know, you, you're in bed for the day or whatever it might be, and yet you know yourself, you need to do this. And so your body is both trying to pull you back and push you forward at the same time, and yet everyone around you is still telling you that that's your problem. You're the one that's not doing it properly, you're the one that's not engaging, you're the one that's being lazy, uh, and just giving you this idea that actually you in general are the problem which happens a lot of times with mental health in general anyway we're always discussed that we are the problem those that are suffering are the problem which of course is not the case but is one that a lot of people like to continue now with executive dysfunction it can raise its ugly head a lot of different ways now in general it comes from a brain injury actually brain damage and so certain uh, injuries to uh, your head can actually cause executive dysfunction but it can also raise its head with anxiety uh, with depression and more often than not of the three ADHD as well and some people likely recognize this in themselves or in others they might know and it's this idea that people just don't understand now to try and put it into some kind of perspective if you're looking at executive dysfunction and this idea that you simply can't plug in that executive um, ability in your brain is effectively what we're talking about that that part of your brain that can make executive decisions is dysfunctioning it can't actually push you forward it can't allow you it's not giving you the option over your motor skills over your your own brain really to actually move forward so in a circumstance you could think about is that you have sat down on your sofa or you lie, lie down on your sofa you've not got anything on you know or at least you, you know you haven't got anything for a while you've lied down on the sofa and you've had you know a really heavy dog just lay on you this this kind of comes from the idea of Winston Churchill about big 
uh, Winston Churchill with a big black dog and the idea of depression. So um, with this, you could be on the sofa and, you know, it's the idea of some giant dog just laying atop you. One that just it feels like you can't really move because it's just on top of you. I know some of us have probably had dogs like that or at least know them at least. And so um, you can kind of give some kind of visualization. On top of that, it's then somebody giving you two vases, two really expensive like Ming vases in both your hands. So now you, you can't move. You can't try and get up because if you try to get up, you might... You might not be able to do it. And because there's a dog on you, which you need your hands to try and move, but you can't because you've got the Ming vases, you can't put them down because you need both hands. And then on top of that, white noise has just engulfed the entire room. All you can hear is white noise, just ramped up, just ramped all the way up so that you can't focus. You can't, even those of us that enjoy having some kind of sound during our um, revision or during the day in general, those of us that enjoy sound, I am definitely one of those. I always have to have some kind of sound on in the background. Even for us, where they're going, I can't focus. I can't bring myself to interact with this. And so your mind is just left in a complete stupor. It, it can't do anything more. It doesn't know how to move forward. And then you get a text message you can just about see that tells you why aren't you at work and you realize you should have been at work five minutes ago you didn't think you were in but you've realized now you're meant to be in work five minutes ago but you can't move you can't move because you're both weighed down in this circumstance by the dog you're also too fragile you don't feel able to deal with things represented by the main vases and you can't think to even get out of this situation to interact at work to know how to even say hello to people represented by the white noise and it's this issue that isn't seen by the outside world because for a lot of people if it's not there and we can't see it it's not a missing leg it's not a rash then it can't exist it must all be you now, a lot of times in the past i've given this idea when we look at um, when somebody says it's all in your head and my response is always of course it's all in my head that is the biggest problem if it was in my little toe it wouldn't be and what I mean by this is with executive dysfunction it is in our heads it's our heads effectively attacking us as I say it is in in part brain damage but that is also the part of our body that controls the central nervous system. It controls everything about us. It controls whether we can get up, how we function in cognitive uh, relations with others, how we can regulate our body temperatures. Everything is in our head. But yet when we think about it in terms of mental health and executive dysfunction about this idea of being lazy, for some reason, now we're ignored. Now, well, it's, it's in your head and that's the problem. No, that's, that's the reason that you should take this seriously it's the reason that i can't interact the same way today it's the reason that i am unable to do the work i'm unable to interact with school with uh, my job with a partner these are the reasons and it's because your brain has just effectively malfunctioned it is that dysfunction of your executive functions basically
um because your executive functions are the, the things that mean you can interact you can do everything you need to you can talk you have um good cognition you have that ability to just keep interacting with people and it's gone it's gone and that can get so much worse in terms of mental health because executive dysfunction especially with those with anxiety adhd depression it doesn't come alone and so when you are suffering from some kind of depression well now it's just reinforcing the idea that you're useless that thing that we're called so often if you have depression useless you know you're just um a drain you don't do anything you're making it worse for yourself because you haven't got positive vibes something a lot of people like to use um you're just making it worse because you aren't engaging in things you aren't going out and making the most of it yourself but you can't that's the whole point so many times we see on i mean i've seen recently and just constantly on the bbc and i'm sure others have um here in england that a doctor um went and treated mm, somebody that was suffering from depression now the depression that they suggested on there in all honesty did not seem like depression um it seemed like anxiety and ev either way um this isn't the, the most appropriate way of dealing with it, uh, at least not for most people. But they got them out of it by going, getting them to go and do physical activity. Now, there is research that shows that it's good. If you look at Charity Mind and various other people, you can see, yes, definitely, there is a, there is a correlation, there's an uptake in serotonin and everything when you do physical activities. Absolutely, 100%, no question. But... The same as with drugs, the same as with um, speaking therapy and everything else, it isn't the same for everybody. But the way that it's always pushed by those that don't like to use drugs and things like that and want to keep us um, away from being on drugs for our entire lives, prescription drugs, um, is this idea that, well, you can just go for a run and suddenly you're better. And unfortunately, these kind of programs, especially from the BBC, Channel 5, are so pervasive in their suggestion that you just go for a run because what it does is it tells all those idiots that have been around for so long all those people that have said to you that you were lazy and everything else proves them right it proves them right it shows them no it's your problem clearly look i show, i saw this program and this doctor said you can just go for a run and feel better no dickhead no it's not how it works and that's the biggest problem because when you have that now you're being told, well, because of this executive dysfunction, you can't properly interact. You can't think, you can't feel, you can't move properly. But you've been told by this program that that's you just being lazy and you just got to get up and get around. What the hell do you do? Similarly, when you have things like ADHD, um, now ADHD is one that I'm not personally affected by. And so much of my knowledge is from others, from friends, from research. Um, and so could be wrong. And I will specify that because I don't think enough people do specify. For instance, that doctor did not specify the fact that he is not a specialist in depression, autism and various other things. There's this idea that if you're a doctor, that's it. Now, I'm sorry, but doctors, medical doctors are fucking awful, at least here in the UK, when it comes to mental health. Awful. Being a medical doctor does not qualify you as a psychiatrist. And unfortunately, too many of them 
um, pretend that it does. So there's something to be very clear on. Whenever I talk on these subjects, whatever the podcast, whether it's by myself, whether I'm going back and forth with somebody else, I like to always have somebody on that knows something different to me or more than me. Um, and the person with the better knowledge and the right qualifications is the one that trumps the other. Um, and I think it needs to be pointed out. And it should be pointed out for these BBC programs as well. But those that have ADHD, when it comes to executive dysfunction as well, it can get almost to a point where it's just ridiculously overwhelming. Because on top of that, there's also a uh, potential hyperactivity that's going on in the background of that executive dysfunction. So now it's not just that um, you've got, you found a text message, you know, your phone's there and it's saying you've got work or where are you, you had work, you started five minutes ago. Now it's your phone with 50 different messages, voice, voice calls, um, uh, client um, interactions, uh, creativity uh, models from Instagram, whatever it is, all of these in one coming at you, one after the other continually over and over and over again. And your phone is just lighting up over it's just lighting up and you just go oh my god I should have done all of this all of this was here to be done and yet you can't move and you can't function with it and this is something again with ADHD can be so much worse because okay there are people when you look at depression look at anxiety that do have hyper moments and do have everything like that absolutely with ADHD their interaction with executive dysfunction tends to be just that little bit ramped up no idea why personally no idea why and i'll say that now but whenever i've come across this um even in the research it suggests that adhd do suffer of those that i've mentioned from executive dysfunction in a much more stressed way than others um, with anxiety as well if we look at it in terms of not being able to move any of that, well, now you're just reinforcing potentially what the anxiety was already. Because if anxiety was a social anxiety, or it was just an anxiety um, that you were interacting with yourself, potentially obsessive compulsive disorder, which is, uh, um, is an anxiety disorder. Well, now you're stopping someone with OCD, you're stopping them from interacting, which is just going to broil the, the mind. Now you're not allowing the mind to actually interact at all. You can't function. You can't um, continue with those intrusive thoughts that have told you you must do something or somebody dies. or You must do something because you're a horrible person or a fantastic person or whatever it might be. Now that your mind is working against you with that and it becomes more and more problematic. And that's with the anxiety as well. So it's, it is important that we, we think about this, that... So many of us and so many others do occasionally, I'm sure, see someone and think, well, they could make it better. And we've heard it. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those that suffers. And we've heard it from others that, you know, you're just making it worse than yourself. And I think when it comes to understanding, we need to look at that idea. And I, I often think that for anybody that, um, that says these things to people, and when there is executive dysfunction actually present for that person, that we should give them a giant weighted blanket and throw it over them completely um, 20 minutes before they're meant to be at work and then lay a load of books or, you know, really um, delicate objects around them and then just leave them and just be like, you know what? You fucking get out of it then and see just how well they deal with it. Just how well do you deal with it when we throw your ability to think and function out the window 
and then continue to shout at you for being lazy and not getting to your work on time or not getting your work um, with university done on time. How do you deal with it when we take away your ability to interact with the world? Because that's something that is often forgotten is that that is what is happening to those that suffer. The ability to interact with the world in general is skewed in certain functions because many of us won't be able to read social cues properly. Many of us may not understand uh, full body language. Many of us won't be able to understand sarcasm, to see non-logical paths to certain things. And then on top of that, there's these moments where our ability to interact with the world is gone entirely. And then we're told that it's our fault that it's gone entirely, reinforcing all the worst things that so many of us have thought about ourselves. Because those thoughts have always reached every single one of us. At some point, we've thought we are the problem. We are the ones that are causing the issues. And all that does is reinforce it because others want to push it upon us over and over again. And you see a lot, you especially see it. I mean, COVID. <laughs> With the COVID issues at the moment and in the UK, um, at the moment, I don't know what's going on. I've, I've come out to, to the Netherlands and I don't know what's going on um, really over Christmas. I've kind of unplugged from, from the matrix type thing with that. Um, and I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I can get back. I don't know if I can, what I'm doing at New Year's. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, but we do have a lot of people that are effectively saying, if you don't want to come into work, if you don't want to come into the office, it's, you're being lazy if you don't want to come into the office well that's that's causing us an issue and why wouldn't you want to and we see this a lot in america as well there's actually been a lot of stuff in america that's been going on about the idea that a lot of people are now doing remote working and they're just saying well, why do i need to be in the work why do i need to be and logistically it actually makes more sense that you wouldn't be because that's actually going to save the, the company's money because you're not paying for a fucking office. The only people missing out are middle management who want you to be there because it's the only real reason they're there is to be able to whip you into place. Now, it's so bad because many people have actually found this pandemic helpful to the mental health. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people have found it problematic and really destructive to their mental health. But some people, in terms of office workers and people like that, have found it actually liberating on that part at least not the whole thing because especially when you look at people with social anxieties it's ramped up entirely but with this part especially this idea of remote working has been a godsend for them and now when people say well why do i have to come back in the office everything i can do i can do from away from it when this when the pandemic started i was working for university um and i had the equipment at home and I worked from home just as well as I would have done in the office, potentially better, because I'm not distracted by certain things that are in the office, by students, for instance. Um, I wasn't um, distracted by other workers, by chit-chatting. I was there at home. Um, there was a lot of other stuff going on for me at the time, but I was there at home with my dog there at the time and, you know, with a cup of coffee, being able to chill out, listen to some Rachmaninoff and just go at my own pace which actually turned out to be far faster than when i was at the office normally so i certainly found it easier and if it was the case that i was still in that job and i hadn't quit that i'd probably be going you know what i want to be at home as well i want to stay at home i don't want to go into work 
especially after the ideas of COVID, because as we said, people with certain anxiety issues won't want to go back in an office. Why the hell would you want to go back into an office when you're scared of things like COVID and coronavirus and the different strains that are coming out? It would be scary for you. But a lot of people specifically with OCD, I myself am a sufferer, diagnosed sufferer of OCD, um, also have some form of germophobia on top of it. And so why the hell do I want to go back into that space where they're more likely to have traveled around and be everywhere else. Now, I'm incredibly um, careful about how my interactions are. I don't really interact with anybody else. I haven't done through the entire pandemic, apart from very close um, relatives um, and, and in-laws. And even then, that's happened very minimally. Um, I always wear my mask and everything else. So I make sure of that because of my mild germophobia that comes from OCD. But now you're getting told that no you, you you're the problem now on top of everything else because you don't want to turn back to work now the advantage with having remote working as well is if for instance you have an episode of um, some form of dysfunction and you can't actually get into proper um, working mode you can't really switch in well, it doesn't matter as much because you're already at home it's not seen as bad even i've seen so many people that are at home and may may then be ill and they're just told that's okay it's fine and yet the exact thing when they're in the office or when they're in normal work no well it's fine but make sure you're back in tomorrow and it, there's a softer tone that's come with it since we've gone into the pandemic um something we're not out of i will remind employers and everyone as well that we're not out of the pandemic those of you forcing your um, your workers who have some, especially those that have some form of mental health issues, whether anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, you're forcing them back into a workplace when the pandemic is not over, we're still in the pandemic, is just ridiculous. I mean, you're fucking assholes. You're just as simple as that. You're assholes. You're, you're thinking about a bottom line and not thinking through the long-term consequences for you, um, your business, or for your staff, which is very important weirdly enough for you and your business in the long run um so that is something i think a lot of people need to realize is that all this talk about um people not being um not wanting to get back to work is a complete lie it's not that they don't want to get back to work they are working they're working in the way that is best for them they're working remotely they're working um best with their own um mental health they're able to take breaks when it is right they're able to interact when they need to, not when everyone just wants to call a fucking meeting because they there was um, somebody used to work with who I won't call out, but anyone that used to work with me, you know exactly who this email came from. Um, well, this meme email anyway, was that's another fucking email. Sorry, that's another fucking meeting that could have been done in an email. And anybody that's ever worked in an office or in academia knows full well, yes, yes, it is. Because the amount of times you have to go to a meeting which in reality is just another member of staff from somewhere else that is on a slightly different level from you, um, trying to flex their muscles of how important they are, which happened a lot. Happened a lot at the university was that, um, when I would just simply ignore half of them to be perfectly honest. Um, but that's something that now you can interact with properly. If it is something you need to do, you can do it. If it isn't, you don't have to. It makes it far more efficient for work and it makes it far better for your own mental health. And if you have these issues of executive dysfunction or any kind of episodes at all, 
this becomes so much more useful for you, so much more useful. You don't have to continually fight to just be in work because let's be honest, most of us fight to stay in work a lot when we're going through things. And then we can hear the voice of those saying, we've got to do certain things, we've got to hit certain targets or whatever it is. And actually you can't. In reality, you know you're not there. You know you're not there because of whatever's happened, whatever um, issue has gone on in the background, you can't. And this is something I think we really need to look at more is, you know, when you look at things around uh, motivation, around interaction, cognitive um, abilities, executive dysfunction, everything that means that someone suffering from mental health has to interact in some way, then we have to start getting better. We have to start getting better. The amount of problems that are gonna come out in the next five to 10 years, if we don't start to do this, it's gonna be immense because it's gonna be a loggerhead between those that are suffering and those that just want money from work, money from work, money from work. And the thing I'll say on top of this as well is that those who previously hadn't suffered from mental health, or at least had done it very um, kind of low level, they may have had some issues in the past, there may have been a bereavement that caused some uh, temporary depression, anything like that, found themselves a lot more understanding and a lot more in the fray during this pandemic um, because they were starting to feel it their isolation meant that they could actually see how others feel when they're in a room full of people and it's meant that those people as well neurotypical people have had a glimpse only a small glimpse but have had a glimpse into the world of the neurodivergent and they think that they should be taking more control of themselves as well. They don't think they should be being pushed. They think that it's better for their mental health. And that is the case across the board. There are certain things that we should have control over and our working environment should be one of them. Now, I know there's any Republicans out there who are very right-wing Republicans. Shut the fuck up. One, if you're in America and you're a Republican, you do not live in a capitalist nation. You live in a productivist nation. And even under productivism, and especially under capitalism, to look after your employees is to make capital gains. It, it just is by um, relation to it. The amount of studies there are about the happier your workforce and the more productivity that comes in it are immense, but you're unlikely to read them as you're unlikely to read many things. with right wing everywhere else it's a similarity it's not quite as bad as the republicans in america because they're the ones that push it through and again it's a productivist nation not a capitalist one much as they might like to shout capitalist and that anyone else is is socialist it's not the case it's not the case and i don't have enough time here to give them a simple civics and social economics lesson um, and believe me there's a simple one but many of them don't understand it but in terms of the capitalism, for so many of us, it makes sense for capitalism. It makes sense for socialism. It makes sense for any form of government that you find yourself in. Unless you are a massively totalitarian, um, right-wing economic, then you don't care. It's the only people it doesn't make sense for. The only people it doesn't make sense for. Everyone else, it makes perfect sense because the relation to output, when you look at it, 
it's a no-brainer. Now, I'm making these comments. People might wonder, well, wait a minute, you talk about mental health. Why are you simply going into capitalism and, and systems of government and economic uh, standpoints? Because after a while, you realise that people don't give a shit. In terms of the amount of arguments so many people have had over the years for mental health, the only times that it has been truly grabbed hold of are election years. The only time that we really look at it in depth are when there's a pandemic on or something that cannot be avoided. And then, oh, we're on that. We can do something. How about you fucking do it all the time? Shouldn't be an argument. It shouldn't take this much. It shouldn't be this hard for people suffering to have to fight back. And even now, when I'm talking about the fact that this has been recognised by governments, even now, we're still having to have the argument, I'm still having to talk in this way, because of the fact that people are not taking account of what is best for everyone. They're not looking at what can happen to people. They're not looking at the idea of cognitive interactions of um, executive dysfunction, or if any of their employees may be suffering, or if they need a certain um, time away from the office or wherever they're looking at. That's the way I talk like this every now and again, because you realize that much as a lot of people may want to believe that human nature is, is nice and beautiful. I am not one of them. I think it's shown time and time again, that it's harsh and it's very self-serving. Now in certain ways that can be good for mental health. In fact, however, I think much as the way Neil deGrasse Tyson looks at um, flying to the stars, where it's always a response to a war or somebody doing one upsmanship, there's a very similar pattern with mental health. And so if we can show the benefits to people of their throwback into economics, then potentially we can show them to help their fellow human being. Something they should have been doing from the start. Unfortunately, do I think that's going to happen? No. I think there's plenty of nations with too much money that don't want to look after people. However, I don't think that's a reason to stop. And I think we should all be pushing for this, especially now that we are potentially coming out of this pandemic. I don't know. Tomorrow we may have found the cure for everything and it's one pill and done, gone forever. Or we may have another variant. We seem to have them coming out of our ears everywhere. We just don't know. So let's try and interact to allow things to work and allow people to be happy and healthy and economically stable by also making sure that their brains are working in the best way possible and that they can think, they can work, and they can interact in the work environment they want, they can study in the way that they want, that they can be with friends and family in the way that they want and that we actually pay attention to people's mental health as well as physical both of them have to work hand in hand or neither of them work at all when the brain goes the body goes with it and vice versa so it's something we should definitely look at okay i think i've this is only a short little podcast today it seems more actually when i say podcast it seems more like a um a somewhat of a rant at screen uh, almost like an elongated version of many of my videos over on my other youtube um channel uh, but i hope you appreciate it and you know you can take something out of it and something away from it and see what i'm trying to do here what i'm trying to talk about um hopefully if this has come forward to you you will see another um video soon 
next week, hopefully, we'll be back on schedule. Um, but it may just be, that, like I say, a guest I, I was meant to have on is, is unwell or um, I wasn't able to get the right person I wanted or anything like that. I don't know. This video, uh, this podcast may not see the light of day ever. I'm unsure. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed it and uh, laughed at my little ranting as many people do um, but until next time guys thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you again thanks everyone